So my guest today hosts a podcast about the voice of people. And it was a podcast that I was a guest on that I can only say just really opened my eyes to who the real me was. And I'm so, so, so delighted uh, to welcome Dr. Doreen Downing from the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. Um, fantastic, fantastic person who can help us understand what our voice is, the best way to hear our voice. So Dr. Doreen, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's it's 9am, I believe, where you are. So um, I normally ask how my guests how their day is, but how's your morning so far? That's right. It is morning, 9am here in California. Well, I live right next to a mountain and there are redwood trees outside my door. So can't wait to go out and smell nature. I love nature. Awesome stuff. So I can't start this without saying thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, when I was on that, we kind of spoke about, um, we're both in the podcast world, but I think our podcasts kind of complement each other. So where I talk about wanting to understand people, yours is about the voice of the person. Is that fair? Do you want to elaborate on, on the basis of the podcast that you have? Yes, I think that understanding is one way in. Mostly what we're talking about is the voice within. We aren't talking, I mean, what else? I mean, but are, are you using your voice and how? And is it connected to some kind of truth inside of who you truly are? I think that that idea is what my whole podcast is about, is not just being able to overcome public speaking anxiety, but to be able to, to feel the confidence of knowing and being who you truly are. And I suppose that leads into a really interesting question about public speaking. It, it's not something we're, we're terribly good at, is it? It's something, that, there's a lot of us that have a little bit of, of the anxiety when it comes to public speaking. Why is that? Is there a common reason or? Well, there's been research on the two parts of the brain, the frontal lobes, and which is the executive function, and the hindbrain, which has a whole other neurological wiring system. And there is a book out, uh, you know, Rewire Your Anxious Brain by a couple of neuroscientists who have really proven that when people say, I shouldn't be afraid, that's coming from here. But what's firing is more of what we call the primitive brain. And that primitive brain holds what? <laughs> the, the sense that, hey, this whole life is a jungle. Are we going to be eaten? And who's prey? And who's safe? And so that deeper part of our brain is where I think gets activated for anxiety. And a lot of people think that, well, I work because I'm a psychologist. I, I get real curious about early life experiences you know, how did you come into the world? Were you welcomed? Were you applauded? Were you accepted already? Because that's where the sense of self begins. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> when you hear, no, you're not, you start to believe it. Okay. That, so again, that, I, I'm presuming, so you've, you've got, uh, you, your, your basis is, is psychology, as, um, if you've alluded yes. to that there. Where did your kind of story start? So what made you it so um, interested in in the voice part of of the psychology of people. Oh well, it started actually uh, when I 
had to face something in my life and I might as well just go to it right now. At 40, I was diagnosed as a diabetic and I did not know anything about it. The doctor said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I say, I'm taking a trip to London. I wish it, I knew you then, but, <laughs> and he said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And it was on the plane that I discovered how deadly diabetes is. And it just struck me that I'd been living probably months without knowing it because I didn't know what the symptoms were. Blurry eyes, excessive thirst, um, heal, he, wounds that didn't heal. So the, I committed myself to go through the speaker's trainer training at the American Diabetes Association. And at the very end, we were supposed to get up and you know give our, our what we learned and deliver it to an audience. And I couldn't do it. I realized I, I was just, I was too nervous. I was too afraid. And so, um, yeah, I think beforehand, you didn't have to really, you don't have to stand up in front of people unless you really choose to. So as a psychologist, being comfortable one-on-one -on -one in my office, I never had to really, you know, and you can make it through school. So that, that moment when I realized I couldn't do it was, uh, and, you know, what other people were going to lose out on perhaps hearing about diabetes and saving their life. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And uh, so I pretty much just shut myself down and continued with my practice because uh, I could work one on one with individuals in my office. So, wow. So like a lot of this, it's come from a, a, is it a, a self-awareness thing in the end that kind of you mm. had to kind of to, to help other people. You had to kind of to kind of sort your own way out in the world, I suppose, you know, had to had to grow in yourself. Yeah. So well, that what I told you was the first part, actually, where I realized that how how much I carried fear and how much I could hide it. And uh which I did for several years. And I had done some research at the University of California, Berkeley, and I was asked to present at a conference and there again, oh no, not me. <laughs> I can't, but this time the, uh, the organizer said, but doctor isn't fear your business. Wow. I know, oh That's my so God. Weird. Oh, I could still, I still get a little, some bumps on my, my skin here thinking about that moment. It's, it's such a, it, it was, I wouldn't say that I was ashamed of myself, but it was a confrontation of, well, what, what business do you have helping people with their problems and their anxieties? If you have this anxiety that you're hiding. So I would say that was the moment I took it on to uh, turn around and go within and really face my fear because every time you avoid your fear, you're reinforcing in your brain, ah, got a way out, ah, I don't need to. And that's, that's, when I work with people, that's the beginning is to help them realize the only way through fear is to uh, have the courage to face it. And I, lo I love that. I mean, that, that, that story and that, that bold comment about the, about the fear, how well did you, 
accept that at the time so when you when when you were asked that question about the fear did you find that were you offended by it or was it something that like oh, hang on you're you know you're right you know, how, how did that how did you process that yeah I think uh, the latter what you just said you're right I am avoiding in so many ways so I at that point I really did a lot of things I uh, took a scuba diving course because I was afraid of <laughs> um, lots of things about being underwater and uh, I took uh, a fear anything I could do like an improv class an acting class a singing class just took myself to arenas where I could uh, put my fear on some display and uh, face it learn to to tolerate it learn to dissolve it and I have to say something about Toastmasters since it's a worldwide organization and respected by so many. And I have to say that for me, Toastmasters, I was in it for 10 years. It was great in the fact that I learned how to make a speech, learned how to be on stage and do the gestures and the techniques and the performance. But I have to tell you, it still didn't reach the inner core of me the truth of me way down deep inside i was still hiding <laughs> and that's that's, that's oh, so, so you were you were doing this the, the the public speaking through toastmasters things like that but you still think you were hiding yes i just I, got I, skillful i got yeah. skillful on what to do up there but i wasn't really authentic i wasn't speaking about uh, the things that really mattered to me or that I cared about because that was way more vulnerable, I suppose. And uh, in, in those kind of speaking trainings, you're judged, right? So you're in an environment where you're constantly, well, did you say it uh, with, I don't know, with humor? Did you say it with, uh, out the ums? <laughs> did yeah. you, you know, so there's so many rules about it. And I think if we start talking about finding your voice, I think you need a more, um, a safer, more welcoming environment where you learn what it feels like to discover yourself and be yourself and listen to the voice within and have it come out and be in some safer audience. Um, there's some... I don't know if it's Japanese culture, but some culture that takes instruments like a violin and just hands it to the kids and they get to play with it and figure it out. You know, it's not like, oh, here, hold it this way, you know, and, and take the bow and run it this way. It's really about a whole discovery process. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's this kind of inner journey that I've discovered for myself and then what I'm teaching people in all these years and written about in my book is uh, a journey to your authentic self is what you might say. And again, there's, there's so many pieces from that that I, I really find interesting. So you talk about the, 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 the Japanese, the, the, the Japanese example you gave there of, of giving someone the instrument and allowing the mistakes, allowing it to not be the perfect, you know, and is that what we kind of in, I don't know, in maybe learn behavior, is that something we learn that we can't make mistakes? So we, you know, should, should we just allow ourselves that violin to be played with 
and until we learn about ourselves I, I think there's a question in there somewhere do you know where I'm going with that oh so, yes yeah I do I really uh, it's inspiring me to that whole idea too about how we learn and uh, it's in environments where you go to school sit in a chair and <laughs> you know look at the board and do tests and you're trying to get everything right and get the grade yay you and there our societies aren't really based on who is this little one and and uh where are their gifts and how do we shine the light on those you know maybe some schools i don't know montessori or some other early education but in general it feels like in our society we are trying to be better but what does better look like and we we look around and see advertisements the way people look and the way people sound and oh i could never be that so that your self-esteem starts to go down and uh it, it's an interesting point so i think well, i may have spoke when i was on your podcast i'm a i'm a massive fan of uh, simon sinek um and he talks about things like the infinite game and things like that and we look like we're on this earth or some of us take it on this earth as if we're playing to win, but you can't win life, can you? You can't, you don't, you know, you don't go through life and win anything from it, obviously. And I think that's probably what happens with people. I'm, I'm kind of just thinking from the conversation we're having here, do people get that kind of thing of we need to win, but ultimately, you know, what, what, what are we winning at the end of the day? Surely learning is much more, enjoyable you know mistakes we don't like doing them but surely mistakes and learning from that is much more enjoyable than just thinking that we've got to be number one at everything in this world is that fair well i think you're talking about motivation what motivates people do they uh, and it, i think that's also part of what comes out of a family and what their values are and if you grow up in a family that values winning <laughs> that's probably what you're uh, what you learn is most important and there are probably and for sure uh, families who value uh, authenticity or originality or creativity and so I think that partly it depends on the, the culture, the family and uh, what, what system you happen to be growing up and learning but I think that uh, the whole idea of ooh, having freedom to discover who you are and having the value on us as individuals learning about the um what does best mean you know when you say winning it, you know maybe somebody values winning so that's what they're doing but ooh, being the best person you can be or the most gifted at what you do um, do you know laban ditchburn Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, We've been that. talking about the world's best. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm better than everyone else, but it's just what I do, I'm the best at because it's who I am. You know, that whole lining up with uh, why you're even here, I suppose. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Laban's fantastic. I know you've had him on your podcast as well. Um, yes. Australian motivational speaker, I believe he is. Um, yeah, no. I remember also coming on your podcast as well and something you were talking about there about finding the voice. And I, I remember telling you about myself being the loudest person in a room without a voice. And I, I, I took so much away from, 
from speaking to you on your podcast about that because it actually helped me understand who I was when I was kind of talking to you about where I was on my journey. And I know I think you've had a, a published episodes about 58 published episodes of your podcast, I believe around that. Are, are we all how are we all not saying the same thing? What what makes the what makes us come in with different stories? How is it possible that we tell so many different stories coming from possibly very similar places with with a lot of people in terms of this anxiety of fear? What I'm trying to say is you've got 58 episodes where everyone tells a completely different story. Tell us about that, you know, just how diverse that's been. Well, yes, it's so fascinating. Uh, The way that we uh, grow up and deny our voices or deny the part of ourselves that's really true true to who we are. Uh, But I've noticed that it it's been breaking down into certain kind of categories. There are those who have been uh, mistreated, even abused, traumatized, who have learned very early to put the tape over their mouth and not say a word. One woman said uh, her stepfather called her a mouse. That was her nickname. And so she kind of identified, okay, I'm just the quiet one and I'm just not gonna say anything. And uh, another woman, uh, you know, found out that she was she was more vocal and tried to fight, but um, actually got hurt because she was standing up to parents that were so negative. So many stories of early childhood mistreatment that I think uh, destroys somebody's inner sense of who they are and self-esteem, you know, how can you be confident when somebody's always beating you down and you begin to take on that voice inside of your head. So you are your own (laughs) abuser, you might say, you know, that's self-sabotage and all that kind of thing that we we know about. And then another category is uh, that I've noticed is people who don't feel like they really had a problem, you know, they weren't bullied, uh, they didn't have teasing at school or teachers that humiliated them, but, and they went on into the business world, let's say, and they're really good at speaking up at at business because it's, well, like uh, our friend, (laughs) you know, that uh, Carl, Carl Fix, who was a lawyer, and he said that his voice was at the service of his clients. It wasn't truly his voice because it, it wasn't coming from his own belief system and what he cared about. And he's since pivoted to being, you know, the, the uh, coach for fitness. And uh, so his story is more about having um, finally found what is truly his his calling, you might say then, right? And so he gets to speak up more clearly and be part of a world that's uh, for change. That's that's what he values. And uh, so those are two examples of somewhat extreme, somebody who's comfortable speaking, but never had a, you know, had to transition to find his place in the world and be able to speak what his truth is about what he believes about health and fitness. And it's, you know, it has been so fascinating to watch. And you mentioned Carl, Carl's also been on on this podcast and 
you know it's it's fantastic to listen to people kind of tell you their story and where they've come from and and uh, and where they're going so one thing that um kind of interested with me with yourself is you've got the podcast so you're talking to people about their voice but you've also you're also an author so you've also written um a book it's available on on amazon um seven secrets um to essential speaking i believe it's called yes stuff yeah <laughs> yes, yes. And the reason why i call it essential speaking you know we can get into what we've been talking about already for me, finding your true voice means connecting with the essence of who you are. So when you drop down and discover uh, this essence, this, this uh, power, this beauty, this magnificence, you will be able to speak without fear. So essential speaking is lining up with the essence of who you are. That's what that means. And in my own journey to find my voice, I, I discovered these uh, well, I call them secrets because it's not traditional public speaking training. It's about each secret begins with be, you know, be still, be present, be positive. These, these secrets are not speaking. It's about being. And in terms of the writing, so obviously writing isn't public speaking, but is it, is it, has it been easier for you to write it than it is to to kind of talk about it? Because surely if it's coming from inside, is it as easy to talk about it as to write? You know, how, how does that work for, for a voice? Because the written word is still a voice of some description, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have to tell you that for me, speaking into an open moment, being present, being in the now and allowing words to come through me and flow through me, feels so much better because there's a usually like right here with you, there's a receiver, there's a listener. So it's kind of like a circle, an energetic circle. I'm listening to you listen to me and I'm speaking into your listening. And on an empty page, it doesn't really, I don't have the sense that it's there speaking, listening to me. So I just have to say that for me, finding my writing voice was more difficult than finding my speaking voice. And, and I, I like where that is, because obviously for someone that does help people with public speaking, um, and it explains it so well that obviously in the art of any conversation, it's always good when there's two people having that conversation, isn't it? It's a lot easier when you are getting the, as you said, the, 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 the feedback in a sense from this. So, um, so, so with the book, as you say, it was it was tougher for you to write because you weren't getting it back. But who were you? Who were you talking to in the book? Is it? Is it? Are you talking to someone in the book um, as 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 helping to guide them, or was it something that you've kind of journalised through through the book? Is it something you're writing to help yourself back when you were told that you need to lose your fear for public speaking? Who? Who? who how was it aimed at like that? I would say actually both, Rich. I think that there was some uh, memoir in there in that my journey, I, I had to show people that here I am a PhD in psychology, a professional, and I was able to hide my fear. So, you know, all those executives out there and <laughs> vice presidents or presidents and uh, people who are high up in the uh, 
world being professionally viewed may still be hiding. And I, that's, that's part of my work is to help people come out of hiding. And uh, so the, so I, I would say that I'm, the book is about my journey and some of what I discovered and how, but it's also speaking to people who want to who actually are more curious and, and fascinated with the inner work as opposed to let's learn more performance techniques and go out and, and uh, you know, get the A and the applause and do entertainment. I'm, I'm not that kind of a speaking coach. I don't, I actually don't care if people go on a stage ever <laughs> because to me, Life is the stage. Are you able to show up in every single situation fully present, listening, being with people in such a way that you're speaking in a, in a way that makes you feel like you're, you're communicating authentically? And again, I love that because that takes me back to the podcast that we did when you spoke to me and I, and I spoke about being a performer. And this performance of someone that I didn't actually believe what he was doing. And I'd much prefer now in the company of talking to a one to one on a one to one basis and hearing that rather than having to be the 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 front man, the show and all that. So it really talks to me. What really surprises me is is just how many or how great a spectrum there is in terms of, of high power jobs that people in those high power jobs still struggle to do this I, I would have thought you know if someone knows their stuff even as a CEO of a company would you not think that they know enough of their brand to do it I don't know that really does surprise me from what you're saying yes yeah no I've, I've worked with a VP of sales in a, a very uh, a company that was uh, quite successful and yet he struggled every Friday morning before he had to stand up and give his uh, or weekly report and sales report and uh, he he sweated I mean he he had to write it all out and then he read it and he just felt so embarrassed but I just want to say one other thing about that particular client is that uh, when he got up in front of people he was just felt so embarrassed that was his thing you know it's just I can't do it and uh, he I do the inner work, deeper dive into early history. He remembers being in a sixth grade uh, class where he asked a question that was, uh, I don't know, probably sexually oriented and everybody laughed at him and he started to be teased around school for the kind of question he asked. But what we did was reframe it. He was the only one who had the courage to speak up. Everybody had that sixth grade, you know, what are you, 11, 12 years old and you're, <laughs> you're just preteen and you got all this tickling happening. And, and so he said, I was the one who spoke up. Wow, do you see how reframing that moment helped him feel like, I have, look at me, I had courage way back then. And so that I think is one way I work on deeper issues is, finding the root cause for people about their anxiety of speaking, but they have to be willing. I mean, not many people wanna, <laughs> wanna go in a way, cause I'm a psychologist, it's therapy, right? And, and yeah, again, it's another amazing point. So a lot of what you've spoken about in terms of, of that client in particular, and you spoke about um, people on your, pod, on your podcast, me included, 
a lot of it goes back to this to childhood is is that quite a common thing did we get to a point where we get a learned behavior that something is wrong and we must stop everything from there you've said that about uh, parental things at school things you know for, for for me i enjoyed life when i realized that i'm the same as i was at seven years old as i am at 37 i just had to re- rediscover what this guy liked and did is there a lot of it that is in deep seated in 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 that child in, in that early years of learned behavior absolutely and i think it's way more than most people realize and uh, when i make those suggestions people sometimes say oh no that was way long ago and then if i just guide them a little bit more, uh, they start to say, oh, yeah, what happened then feels like the same thing that happens to me nowadays in front of people. Oh, so then what do we do? We start making an approach to the wounded parts, and I call them exiled parts or abandoned parts of ourselves. And uh, we have to start with the pain, like, what was it like to not be seen or heard or shut up Uh, my grandmother my grandmother told me to be quiet or else my mom was going to go back to the hospital my mom was uh, bipolar and had been hospitalized and we were living with my grandmother and so I think that was one of my early roots to you know hold myself back Um, but I liked what you just said around finding underneath the where we started to shut ourselves down, you know, the natural spirit that you were born with, that's the essence. And that's what I love. Why I love this inner journey is because I know that inside of everybody, there is a powerful magnificence, a jewel that I want to discover. And in fact, I just worked with somebody this week and he identified the jewel inside of himself as turquoise. And he's been walking around the streets now feeling like way down deep in his gut, there's a turquoise jewel. And uh, that's empowering for, for him. That's fantastic. I, I really, yeah, I, I love that. And again, you know, it took me back to, to being a seven-year-old and going back to my family and saying, tell me what I was like at seven. And then it literally looking at this list and going, oh, I'm exactly the same as that now. However, there was a performance there that didn't need to be there. And we've, we've talked about this. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for the gift you gave me of actually talking through that and really coming to an understanding that I'd never come to before. So I, I really have to say thank you even today for that, for, for letting me come on your podcast and talk. And then I found out more about myself than I did before your podcast. So I've heard that I've heard that from people and another one recently really it's it's like I think I'm doing a little bit of psychology without even noticing that I'm trying to do it I'm giving space mm-hmm. you know for it's kind of like a, a no judgment just let's see what we can discover here mm-hmm. it's it's in the listening it's brilliant so it, it is amazing kind of where we go from this 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 childhood um this thing as I say as, as I learned so much from your podcast uh, is there anything kind of, does that relate to yourself in, in terms of the childhood? Is there something you can kind of relate to in that? Is it something that you said a lot of people come up to with you and say that it really pulled something out? Is that similar to your story by, at all? Well, I think that uh, what you just said a few minutes ago about uh, reconnecting with an essence, a natural uh, 
what was natural inside of you. I have a memory of uh, living with my grandmother because my mother had the mental illness. And inside my grandmother's house was dark and cold and depressing, you might say, because that's what my mother, it, we just had to not have a lot of life and spirited uh, play around. And, but outside that front door was my grandmother's garden. She had gladiolas, roses, uh, red roses that were so fragrant, geraniums. And her garden was blooming. It just seemed like all the time. <laughs> and so this sense of there's a threshold, right? The door. On one side of the door is pain and suffering. On the other side of the door is beauty. And if you look at that sense of uh, if that's all of us, you know, if that's if we have pain and suffering and we have beauty, how do we go towards the beauty within? And to me, that's where the essence is, is deep down inside of us. And so I know, uh, yes, the, the pain and suffering is there. Um, and, but that's, that's my message is that we also have the possibility in the, the blossoming that's possible for ourselves. And so I think it starts with belief. Do you believe in a lot of times when I start working with people who have speaking anxiety, I can't, I can't, I don't believe I could ever be comfortable in front of people. And we have to start there. If you don't believe it, you don't see it. <laughs> You're stuck in that dark house. <laughs> and no, it just, it, it's really interesting to that. So looking at that, so the, 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 the description you gave there, and as you're telling the story, obviously, and I don't want to be obviously too, um, too insensitive on your past, but you talk about two very different settings, you know, there's a, there's a dark one, very vividly, you, you describe it. And what I kind of want to know is, is, is how comfortable do, do you share this with your clients, this to this degree that you can you can understand where they're coming from from the dark to the to the garden if you like is, is it something you really express to them or is that something as a as psychologist you don't always kind of share your bits how does how does that work with yourself well i think in traditional training because uh, it was uc berkeley uh, pretty much trained not to self-disclose but hey i live in california <laughs> <laughs> And then not only in California, but where I grew up or where I spent uh, my first moves and career was in Berkeley. So I think I um, have this other sense of what psychology is about. And we've uh, have since the 70s, something called positive psychology. So I feel like me being more human, more authentic with people is something that they value. And I just had somebody reach out to me recently who said, you talk about the essence and I wanna learn more about my essence. So that curiosity of what that means for people, I think is who finds me. I don't think people who say, I wanna be a better performer on stage. I wanna give a better presentation. Uh, I'm not a presentation skills coach. What I help people be is comfortable knowing and being who they are in any setting so you know you said the word uh, essential is essential for want of a, a better word in your in your writing and obviously your spoken <laughs> work as well but 
where where does that essence start so for me if you were talking to me now is that me as the seven-year-old would that be my essence or does it precede that to day dot i don't know where where, where does it, so your essence is what's it, the beginning isn't it i'm sure or the the part of the smallest part <laughs> give me some clarification on that where where's my essence in this if you if you like oh rich you're going deep <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, is it, is it, sorry, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's an opening of a deeper conversation about what um, and why it takes certain types of people that find me that want to uh, who are more probably spiritually bent and realize that there's something more than what we see every day in life uh, that. Perhaps the essence is the spirit of who we are, uh, the soul, if you really want to get deep. <laughs> and then so what does speaking from the soul mean when you're in a, you know, in a board meeting? <laughs> right. So how to how to marry the two of being your essence, but being appropriate, of course, and being skilled at speaking techniques of course all that it all that does matter but I I think the when we talk about the essence and maybe I'll just briefly talk about the the seven secrets as I said in the beginning it's about being and so what not many of the of us learn so what does it mean to just be be here now be ourselves what is that what is the feeling of that and how do we drop I would say drop down into more of a grounded centered sense of being not doing not speaking necessarily but taking that full breath and finding a whole new sense of I am fully here right now and I am radiating from my jewel because <laughs> I know what that feels like and my voice comes up and resonates from within as opposed to my voice is coming from my head and uh, all, the, all the voices I hear in my head about how I should be speaking. And it goes back to something you said earlier about just you know, when, that whole idea about just giving somebody an instrument and learning how to play that instrument and our bodies are that instrument and the music that comes from us is our voice and what is the sound of that voice. Learning how to find it is what my journey to your authentic self is all about. That's lovely. And I've read some books on things like mindfulness. So does it come from that area of mindfulness? I mean, there's a book I've read by um, a Buddhist teacher and things like that, who says when you're washing up, you are in that moment, just making sure you're in the moment. Is that kind of where this is going? But from the from the from the voice perspective, is that as far down as it goes? You got it. You just pinpoint it like crazy that is it that's exactly it and my uh, seven secrets are all you might say mindful mindfulness based mm -hmm. if if that's a phrase <laughs> because the first one rich the first one is be silent you know be still find the stillness within and just imagine if you know people want to be confident 
But I think confidence, true confidence comes from your ability to be able to still, you know, quiet your mind, still the anxiety in your body, literally having techniques and tools, usually breathing, breathing down. And there's all sorts of ways to neuro, I mean, physiologically, you can, you can reduce anxiety. It's just stress. I don't mean it's just stress, but it is. <laughs> so that's why the first secret, isn't that something people come to a speaking training and they, they learn that stillness is what they need to uh, become more masterful at is learning how to quiet their mind and still the anxiety in their body so that they can um, be comfortable. I mean, the biggest fear is going blank. So you know, you're no longer afraid of going blank because you could just take your breath, be in the pause and allow yourself to re-enter the now and know that you got off track. And uh, you could even say, so where was I? You know, it, 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 oh, I just, I got wrapped up in another thought back to now, you know, so that that's the first secret in it. So I build on, first I build on stillness. And then the second secret is, be present because the past we've talked about how deep the past can go <laughs> yeah. and so you're bringing that past into being afraid to bring yourself to this moment and you're also going to the future anticipating what you're going to be you know failing at you know you're you're rehearsing a, a disaster sometime in the future so isn't it's so it's almost like common sense being in the now right here you don't bring in the past and you're not anticipating the future your power is in the now right here and i, I, I take so much from that and again i want people to go and get your books so we're going to do some links in a moment for that because it does make sense but even going back to our conversation on your podcast we spoke about the fact that when I found my voice, it was when I started to reduce the noise around me. So I know I started maybe not becoming silent, but being aware of the unnecessary noise, you know, and being aware that there was two personalities in my life and actually wanted to be more like the one being here for my family, you know, so I can take so much from the book and I can't wait to read it as I know it's available on Amazon. We can go through some bits in that, but I know it's true to what you say, because we've already had a conversation based on this. So Yes, I just I can't wait to learn more. And I hope my listeners are exactly the same going away and thinking this actually makes sense. So thank you. Thank you for bringing it to us. And, and thank you for kind of letting me kind of experience it through your podcast as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, that was great phrase you just use unnecessary noise in your head. And yes, mindfulness comes into play there. You know, being able to self regulate and uh, it's just I keep saying it's just, but learning, <laughs> learning uh, to be mindful and to have awareness and to have a new place to go, which is your grounded, centered core strength within, which is your essence, the essence of who you are. I love that. It's brilliant. So let, let's tell people how they can find you, how they can find your podcast, where they can get the book. I've explained Amazon, but we will definitely put some links in the show notes and description so people can get straight to your book on Amazon if they find that that's what they want to do. And your podcast, of course, because it's always good to share each other's work. I enjoy listening to your work. So where can people find you? 
Well, the uh, book, is, yeah, like you said, is on Amazon, The Seven Secrets to Essential Speaking by Doreen Downing. <laughs> and the uh, website is essentialspeaking.com so people can find programs. And I have some free resources there that they could get and an infographic of The Seven Secrets. And uh, the podcast is findyourvoicechangeyourlife.com. Um, and as you said, I've got uh, almost 60. I think this week will be the 60th. And it's also somebody, you know, Doug Brown, probably he's in our, yeah. Yeah. Doug, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I just keep, uh, keep going because, uh, you know, there could be hundreds of stories down the line and who knows uh, how much this can help people because you hear stories and you go, that's me. Oh, I, I know exactly what that feels like. So it's all meant to wake up people and inspire them and to realize that within is where your power is. And that's why the journey to the inner self, the inner voice is where you're going to find your confidence, not, not in performance techniques. I love that. What a great way to, to finish, obviously. Thank you so much for coming on. Not just that, thank you for being such a supportive friend. I know you're a supportive of, of my work. Um, thank you for, as I said, when I came on the podcast, you, you've you kind of made me ask myself different things and help me learn about myself more than ever. And I think, you know, that's something that friends will do for each other, even though we are we are podcast rivals because we both want those listeners. Oh, but sometimes it's good to have, rivals that help you grow and help you get better isn't it and I, again I, I i class you as a friend not not as a podcast rival i class you as someone that is only helping making me better in this world so thank you for that as well yeah and i love conversations with you thank you so much rich thank you thank you have a great day mm -hmm.